Is Wander Franco officially a drop? Is Christian Javier broken? Join us today as we talk about keeper cut players heading into the playoffs on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. Here, as always, with my brother, my partner in crime, my co-host, Matthew Ane, and you can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. If you're listening on a platform like Apple or Spotify that allows five-star ratings and reviews, we would truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. Also, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel. Also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And lastly, but most importantly, guys, check us out on Subtext. It's that time of year where you really don't want to miss any prospect call-ups, any injury updates, and through Subtext, you get those alerts right to your phone. And, you know, uh, we, we got a lot of cool perks, a lot more than we could offer in this 30-minute podcast. Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first depl- deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And guys, we have a fully loaded episode for you today. Let us be your team secret weapon, as always, where we talk keeper cut players, guys, with the playoffs coming up. It's time to make those, you know, tough the, the decisions. We were talking about trimming the fat yesterday, and we got a lot of guys you can do that with. And uh, Matt, who's up first, my brother? All right, let's talk about the friggin' um, elephant in the room and all baseball. Let's talk about Wander Franco. Um, I got a really bad nickname for him. I'm going to leave it off sidebar. DM me, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> but it's Wander Wonder with a P, and you can guess my la- the last name. Um, my guy is my guy is not playing baseball again. It's not looking good. Baseball administrative leave. Um, and people close to him are saying that um, you know it's pretty much done. Uh, but you know here here's the thing: redraft leagues. If you haven't already dropped them, he's not coming back. I I really hope you already gave up. Um, it is what it is. Uh, in dynasty leagues, I'm holding him just based off of the chance that if somehow, some way, uh, you know, he gets cleared in the off season, but unless and, until the, or until there's an announcement where it says like, yo, he's done, he's banned from baseball. He's going to go see an inside of a jail cell, which I think should happen. Um, you know, Wanda Franco is a hold in that aspect, but unfortunately and everything else, you know, see you later Bye. let him be somebody else's headache. Yeah, Matt, we're on the same page here. Wander Franco, 76% owned. I mean, pretty much a drop everywhere. As Matt mentioned, maybe you hold out in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues just to see where it takes you in the offseason with Franco. But, you know, uh, there's multiple allegations out there against him. We're not really going to dig deep into this, but it's not just one allegation. There's multiple allegations from what I heard, and this investigation could take a long time. So, you know, with the playoffs coming up, Wander Franco is somebody you could feel safe to cut in most leagues at this point. 
So let's move on here. Let's talk about some more players. I actually do want to take a second to address the other elephant in the room. Kind of not really too relevant to what we're what we do over here, but Shohei Otani with that uh, UCL issue. Uh, he's done as a pitcher, and you can feel free to drop him in um, redraft leagues as a pitcher, where he you know you only could have him as a hitter or a pitcher. If you have the pitcher Otani, safe to drop um, pretty much everywhere except dynasty and keepers. But also, I'm hearing that. The issue here might be with um, Otani that he might not ever pitch again, but that is to be determined. Just wanted to talk about that real quick, too. You can feel free to drop pitcher pitcher only Otani in leagues where he is only a pitcher. So let's move on here, though. Let's talk about this next guy. Let's talk about Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu having a really, really, really down year. You know, uh, 43 runs, 10 homers, 57 RBIs, 234 batting average, uh, and 428 at-bats. Uh, it's just really tough to envision a world where he picks it up at this point. He's 52% owned on Yahoo. I think in Dynasty and, um, you know, Redraft, you could feel free to drop him. He went one for five in his first game back off the IL. Just it happens, you know, Father Time remains undefeated. There's nobody that has, you know, defeated Father Time at 36 years old. I think that's just it for Jose Abreu. Um, I think he's definitely a drop. If we fire up the drop meter on this one, I'd say it's about a 10 for Abreu almost everywhere. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, you know what? Abreu has uh, dropped. The other shoe has dropped. It is over, ladies and gentlemen, at least for the year. Um, and for future aspirations, that's TBD. Um, you know, it could be new year, new team rule. It could be that too. Like, I'm not ready to write him off as a, you know, somebody that's going to be valuable for, you know, next year as- aspects. But we'll talk about him more in draft season where we feel whether he's going to bounce back or not uh, in those those terms. But for this year, he's a flat out drop. Um, You drop him like he's hot. So uh, let's move on here. Let's talk about Mr. Trevor's story. Um, he's coming back off the injury, so I don't know like how worried I really am about him. Um, he's batting about 212, but it looks like last week he had a decent week, and then this week so far it's not so great. So, you know, it is what it is with story. He, he's going to have some trouble. We never said when we said go stash him that he's just going to come back and beat Trevor's story. It's going to take time for him to get back to where he is, but he's still valuable. I am tentatively holding him. If there's a better option out there, um, like a G law, for instance, like I probably will go pick up G law and drop the story action. But other than that, I mean, story is a solid hold for me for now. Cause I mean, at least for another week or two. Yeah. Um, Matt, if we fire up the, the drop meter on him for you, where do you got him? It's about like a four. Okay. Fair enough. I'll say this about story. It's an interesting case. If there is a hot commodity on the waiver wire that, you know, you think can produce more than story. I wouldn't be opposed to cutting him at this point, but you know, coming back off of the, you know, the, the elbow surgery on story. Uh, I don't know, man. He had a really, you know, down year in his uh, first year in Boston. He had only two thirty eight, ninety four 94 games, 16 homers, 13 steals. There is a power speed combo there with story. I'd probably be closer to like a five and a half on the drop meter with him. He's 50% owned on Yahoo. You can still give him another week or two to see if he does pick up the pace here, but I'm not guaranteeing anything with story. You know, he might go on, he might go on a little bit of a heater. Yeah. He's been notoriously streaky over the past few years. So, I mean, you could wait on it if you want. I'm not, he's not a must drop, but I think if there's something out, out there in a shallower league where, 
you know, you held out for story and it's just not looking great so far. You might want to take advantage of that. But before we move on here and talk about a Baltimore Orioles player, a Chicago Cubs kid that was lighting the world on fire but has slowed down. At the top, I teased it, you know, what's up with Christian Javier? we got a Yankees pitcher and uh, quite a few other interesting pitcher names to talk about here today. But before we do that, I have a quick ad break for you guys. Guys, and the sponsor of today's episode once again is Sleeper. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users in 2022. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports, it's about building personal connections and lasting memories. Sleeper Picks is a real money product that connects friends over picks. Choose from two to eight of your favorite players from pregame, live, or even across different sports. Pick higher or lower than predicted stats. Only on Sleeper can you get up to 100 times payout. Share with your friends and get rewarded together. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Guys, once again, as always, Sleeper is great, not just for fantasy, but it's also great for getting those alerts. So, you know, definitely check out Sleeper for multiple different reasons. And dear everydayers and new listeners, we have an incredible opportunity for you to support the show and enjoy some fantastic perks along the way. Introducing our Diamond Club on the subtext website by becoming a member, you not only contribute to the show's success, but also gain access to exclusive benefits. Get your hands on waiver wire rankings, call up alerts, injury updates, instant reactions, and enjoy, enjoy direct access to us for all of your burning fantasy baseball questions. Plus, you can try it out completely free for 14 days. Your support means the world to Matt and I, and we can't wait to connect with you on this exciting journey. Join our Diamond Club on the subtext website today, and let's take your fantasy baseball experience to new heights. Guys, we're getting real close to that, you know, a uh, chance to have that, you know, join our raffle for the Listener League for next year. If you're, you know, in subtext at the time of the drawing, which will be September 1st, you get that covered a chance, you know, come play with the pros, show Matt and I what you got. And it's just going to be another fun chance for, you know, us to connect with you guys in a different way. You guys get to see how we run our fantasy teams. You know, Matt and I have been very successful in fantasy baseball over the years. You know, you learn some tips and tricks from the pros. But, all right, Matt, a lot of talking for me, as always, brother. You want to grab this next guy? Sure. Let's talk about Cedric Mullins. Um, so here's the funny part. I'm not dropping him whatsoever. The only reason he's on here is to, you know, either give you guys a peace of mind and give you a little direction to what to do with him. So, like, unfortunately, trade deadline is gone. Sorry about my daughter. She's just being a nut. So um, if, if, this, if the trade deadline didn't happen, then 100%. I'd be buying low on Cedric Mullins because I think the explosion is going to happen. He's going to bounce back. He's fresh off the injury. Maybe had 50 at-bats, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, 42, actually, since he's been back in the last month. So, you know, Mullins is just trying to mull his way back from that injury. And I think that it's going to happen sooner than later. So, just don't – just hang on to him. I mean, he's valuable. We all know what he could be at his peak. So, I mean, there's no reason for you guys to even be worried about him. Just bench him until he starts showing he can do something. Uh, see, I don't know, Matt. I think I disagree a little bit. I don't think he's an absolute zero on the dropometer. Um, he does have power and speed. He has not really, as you know, he was out with the abductor strain in his right grind, so that was probably inhabiting his, you know, running abilities. On the year, the, you know, the, on the years 
The numbers don't look really good at all. 80 games, 293 at-bats, 35 runs, 18 doubles is nice, three triples is nice in those points leagues, 10 homers, 53 RBIs, 15 steals, and a 249 batting average. Uh, he's leaving a lot to be desired. You know, Matt was talking about those, you know, the last 30 days. Numbers don't look good, look even worse over the last 30 days. Two runs, one homer, six RBIs, a steal, and a 190 batting average. I mean, we talked about a lot of, you know, great players over the past, you know, um, two weeks on the waiver wires. Surprisingly, there's actually still been a lot of juice left. I mean, I know he's getting up there, but if the Marcelo Zuna is still out there or Nolan Jones, guys that are, you know, climbing up, you know, the ownership percentage, I probably drop guys, you know, I drop Mullins for guys like that. But anything other than like a super, super hot commodity, I'm not dropping Mullins. I'd say maybe a two for Cedric Mullins on the drop meter And he's moved down the lineup with all these young guns, you know, out there hitting. He's been hitting seventh of late, sixth or seventh. Not a great spot in the lineup. So I don't think Mullins is a is a – must drop, but like I said, about a two on the drop meter for Mullins for me. Let's move on to another bat here, and this guy was lighting the world on fire just not too long ago, but he has slowed down tremendously. Tremendously, It is Christopher Morell. I remember when this guy, he had, what, Matt, what was like seven consecutive games with homers, and he it was just awesome to see. But it's getting to the point with, with Morell, too, when, you know, you're going into the playoffs, you know, in some of these leagues, you really, you really got to trim the fat and get rid of guys that aren't performing. Mullins, I'd probably say he's about a three or a four in shallower leagues. Once again, if there's some of these hot names out there, yeah, sure, go ahead. But Morell is solid. He's second, third, short, and outfield eligible on Yahoo, which is great. But over the last 30 days for Morell, you know, the counting stats look decent, 88 at-bats, 12 runs, four homers, 17 RBIs, only one steal, though, and 205 batting average. Uh, once again, probably about at like three or four on Morell, 72% owned right now. Uh, I think I think hold for the most part of Morell, unless it's a super shallow league. Yeah, I agree. I'm not really ready to get to part ways with him because of the way he was. I mean, er- oh, sorry, guys. Every player goes through it. You know, they have like the month, month and a half where it's just like outright garbage. And then they, they pound on back. Um, You know, it, it is what it is with Christian Morell. Um, I think he'll be fine. But uh, he's probably about a two on my Richter scale. Let's move on. Let's talk about a name that everybody's probably dying to find out about what to do with and that's christian javier um oh my god i'm so sorry guys um so what's going on with christian javier is is making me believe last year wasn't real um javier had a wonderful wonderful year at his age 25 season he's now 26 still really young don't get me wrong but last year he didn't even start in the rotation he didn't have a rotation spot houston wasn't confident in him um, there were some injuries that pushed him into the position to be successful and have the opportunity to keep the job this year. He comes in, he doesn't look good at all. Um, he's just been utterly horrendous all year. He's throwing a four five, two ERA and his FIP is even worse, worse, which is a, um, fielding independent pitching uh, stat, which is predictive of what his ERA actually is with an average defense. And it's four, seven, three. So he's pitching way worse than he normally does. His whip is high as hell. It's a one, two, five. Uh, last year he had a sub one. Um, the only thing I'm going to say is, which which could be the case too, is when Javier started to really be good, like he didn't really get the rotation spot till the end of May. This is the first time Javier started off the season with a full-blown roster uh, rotation spot. So if you look at his pace of play and pace of innings, he has had way more innings in a short, in a, in a, 
in a shorter span than he did last year. Because last year he pitched about 148 and he's already at 127 and there's still a month and a half left of baseball. Whereas he's almost at the end. He's in the playoffs. Plus he went all the way to the World Series too. So there's that World Series hangover, which is a real thing. So if you look at what his real total innings pitch, if you look at what the with the playoffs and everything else and the shortened break, I think he just has dead arm. He threw a lot of innings last year. You really think about it, he probably threw over 200. And now this year, he's already at a better pace than he was last year. I think we're just thinking of looking at a dead year for Christian Javier. Unfortunately, I didn't see this coming. I figured, you know, he figured it out and he was just going to be this elite pitcher, probably with like a 3 5 ERA, 3 2 5 ERA, not, not this 4 5 ERA, which is absolutely atrocious. I think Javier is a great bounce back player for next year. But for this year, I'm outright dropping him. I, I can't deal with it. I can't roster him anymore, and I can't really hold on because it's just it's it's too painful. It is what it is. Um, drop Christian Javier where you got him, except maybe Dynasty. Matt, where do you got him on the drop meter? Ten. Wow, damn! I was not expecting that. So there's, I think this is another one that we don't fully agree on here. Javier, it's an interesting case. I'm on board with what Matt said as far as, you know, maybe the arm isn't in the right spot as it was same as it was last year. Maybe he's trying to pitch through an injury. Uh, you know, as a 25-year-old, he made uh, – I, I think, like Matt said, he might have threw like 170, 180 innings total last year with the playoffs combined. So, you know, he's – He's never touched that before. He threw 101 um, in 2021, so he had a huge increase on those innings. But if you look at Javier's career, you know, he's been just a pretty serviceable pitcher. Uh, he's thrown 304, not including this year, 304 innings, three, 305 ERA, um, a 103 um, whip. And the whip is actually very stellar at like a one whip for his career. And, you know, that's across, you know, 26 games, not including this year. So I don't think Javier is, you know, really showing us this year what he truly is. I don't think he is what he was last year. But, you know, if he's going to be, you know, a mid-three ZRA, good strikeouts and a decent whip, I think that's really where he will be. The velocity is down this year, almost a mile an hour on all of his pitches. So I, I just truly either think he's hurt, fatigued, dead arm. My thing is, if he does turn it around, we know what the upside is. We seen, we saw the upside last year. So it could be a situation where you drop him, somebody else picks him up, and they use him against you, and that's going to hurt even more. That That's going to be the thing that, that really kills you. I think for now, if it's a tough matchup, let's see who he, get, he gets coming up in his next start. I might just bench him for now, and then by the time playoffs come around, if he's still not doing it, then drop him. But he does get Boston in Boston next time, and then he gets looks like the Yankees after that. Let's see those how those two starts look over the next couple of weeks because then it's playoff time. If he hasn't performed by then, then I think he gets the boot. But before we move on and we actually talk about a Yankees pitcher, we have a Pittsburgh pitcher, you know, who's actually had a pretty decent season but isn't bad of late. Then we got an Astros guy and we have an Angels guy. We just have one more quick ad coming up for you guys. All right, guys, you know, uh, thank you for, you know, keeping locked on with us here. And let's move on. As I tease, we have a Yankees pitcher. It is Carlos Rodon. And, man, he just has not looked good at all since he's returned. Uh, 33 innings pitched, 26 strikeouts, 6-2-7 ERA, 1-4-2 whip, 
77% owned on Yahoo. And it's just really been uh, interesting to see what Rodone's done. He did have a I guess a good start his last time out against Washington. Rodone threw six innings, only one strikeout, gave up one earned run and had a one whip. So, I mean, that's a step in the right direction, but you never really want to see a guy like Rodone with one strikeout. That's kind of saying like, hey, there is something wrong here still. I think the Yankees may have like tried to push him back. I think maybe he needed the whole season off because he just still doesn't look right. I've watched a lot of his starts this year and he just doesn't look like the same guy he's been in the past. He gets Tampa his next time out. I'd say Rodon is like uh, probably in a similar spot as Javier. Not ready to drop him yet. You know, if his next couple of starts don't look good, I wouldn't be afraid to drop him going into the playoffs because, you know, unless, you know, exclude dynasty leagues and keeper leagues from what we're saying here, of course. But in a redraft league, it's just like I'm going into the playoffs and I'm going to trust these guys like Javier and Rodon that haven't really shown much all year. It's not going to be on my team going into the playoffs, I'll be honest with you. So I'd, I'd once again say maybe a three or four for Rodone for now. And we'll move clo- way closer to a 10 in two weeks from now if he still hasn't really shown any upside. Yeah, Dom, can you remind me what his injury was? I, I believe it was uh, his shoulder. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Uh, do a little rant and I'll pull it up exactly because yeah. I don't want to get it wrong here. Yeah, because um, so like Rodone has just been injured all year. Um, you know, so like it's one of those things where like – I really don't know how to feel about him. It's he he hits it was a forearm, hits. forearm strain. Right. And then he and then he hurt his hamstring too. So two right. issues there. So what I'm seeing is a guy that's on a new team in a new city across the country, uh coming from San Francisco to here. And then also gets hurt. Is dealing with probably an upset family for pulling them out of the really nice weather in California. And now living here and dealing with all this garbage, it's a mental thing. I don't know if we see him correct this year. Um, I'm not dropping him though. Um, I don't even know if I'm rolling him out against Tampa. Tampa's been so up and down, but they've been on a serious decline. But the way I'm looking at it is I'm he's matchup based, and it kind of has to be more of like a bottom 10 team for me to really want to roll him out there because Rodone just really scares me, but I I'm not ready to drop him either because if he does, if it does click. If something yeah. does go right, forget about it. The magic's there. Rodone is a phenomenal pitcher. And it's not just me as a Yankee fan, because quite honestly, like if yo, if he's still hurt, I'd rather him shut it down. It's not like we're making the playoffs. So, you know, Rodone is Rodone at this point. Like it is what it is, is we get for the rest of the year. I just I don't know whether it's good or bad. But let's move on here. Real quick, I got one more thing I want to say on Rodone here. You you made you made a very good point. I'm just going to expand on it. Going from San Fran to the to you know Yankee Stadium. San Fran's one of the best pitcher parks in the whole league. You go to small you know Yankee Stadium, and this is such an interesting stat to me. Last year, Rodone pitched 178 innings across 31 starts, gave up 12 home runs. This year, through seven starts, 33 innings has given up nine already. So that just shows you right there that the you know Yankee Stadium is affecting him. He's giving up a lot more home runs than he did last year. So you know that that is going to be a big difference in Rodon as well. But Matt, I'm sorry, brother. Keep uh, keep it pushing here. Yeah, I could just say that the Yankees pitching coach needs to do a little adjustments too and make him a little bit more of a ground ball pitcher than you know just a strikeout pitcher and pitching high in the uh, low in the zone. But that's just me. Anyway, you know don't don't get me started on what they probably should do with him because um, we'll be talking for the next six hours. Let's move on. Let's talk about Mitch Keller. Um, Mitch Keller has been so up and down over this last month. I really don't know what to do with him. Um, he's not an outright drop. He's about a five on the Richter scale. Um, he had two nice thoughts. One against Minnesota Twins, which is actually a really good team. 
um, six Ks. I mean, not six innings, 12 Ks, the win, and a three ERA. Whip was high with a one, three, three. But, you know, it is what it is. Went up against Cincy, who's been hot and cold. Handled them pretty nicely. And then gets smoked against Atlanta, who isn't. Then Milwaukee. And then had a great game against Philly. Got smoked against the Angels and Cleveland. Had a great game against Arizona. Smoked against Dodgers. And then had a nice game against Padres. So it's a mixture. It's a mixed bag of tricks, truthfully, because he had some really good teams. uh, Teams they performed decent or really well. And then he had some really good teams and couldn't handle himself. But Mitch Keller, I think, is still another year away before we find we unlock the greatness. Um, I've always been a fan of Mitch Keller. This is a Mitch Keller podcast. Uh, he was one of the guys where we were touting last year. Um, and I think he took a step forward this year. Very happy for the man. I think next year this kid's going to be low-key, like, uh, wide-awake uh, wide awake breakout sleeper-esque kind of pitcher next year. But for this year, I'm holding uh, for now. Play the fluffier matchups until he can prove himself against the stronger opponent. And then just see where you go from there. Man, I, I just I don't think we're on the same page today, which is weird because we usually we usually are on the same page. I I have Mitch Keller higher on the dropo meter than Javier and Rodon. Honestly, I put Mitch Keller at like a six six and a half at this point because I have some interesting stats for you guys that I'm going to point out here. Through Mitch Keller's first ten starts, two four four ERA looked absolutely dominant, phenomenal. That breakout that Matt and I really kind of said last year was going to be the breakout. He had the bad year, and then this year kind of has looked a lot better. But let's talk about his last sixteen starts for Mitch Keller. We're talking about May twenty sixth through August nineteenth for here for Mitch Keller, which is a bigger sample size than the first ten, right? He's 6-10 and 10 during that time period, 93 innings, 96 strikeouts, a 5-4-2 ERA with a 4-4-2 FIP, which is, you know, still not good, a 282 batting average against, and a 468 slugging against him, which is just not good. The whip has been really bad over that time as well. You're talking about like a 1-3 whip. So he's just been really bad over his last 16 starts. I know his last three have looked better, especially that last you know outing that Matt talked about, the big 12 strikeout game. I mean, yeah, the upside is there, but like it's when when you get to that playoffs, I, okay, maybe you could keep him on your roster and just play the matchups. But if there's a really hot hand, you know, like you know, uh, like somebody that just comes out of nowhere, I can't really think of too many pitchers that have come off, you know. Uh, our shows that have been absolutely dominant but i don't know mitch keller man he gets the cubs next time out you know it's not an easy matchup let's see how that one goes and uh i don't know i'm just i'm i'm very uh you know going to be very skeptical of mitch keller down the stretch here but let's keep things pushing we got two more guys for you here and the next one i think is pretty high in the drop meter too it's hunter brown I'm in, uh, you know, a couple of leagues where I kind of already cut bait with Hunter Brown because he's another guy, you know, started off the year pretty good, has just been bad of late. His last start against Seattle was absolutely horrid. He did not even make it three innings at all. Um, He was charged with um, how many earned runs? Jesus, a lot of earned runs there. Six earned runs. In uh, 2.2 innings, only had five strikeouts, 3.75 um, whip. He does get Detroit his next time out. So if you want to hold on for that Detroit start and, and wait to see if there's a bounce back here with Hunter Brown, I don't blame you for that. 
but he's just been really bad down the stretch as well. Um, you know, I, we don't have too much time here, so I'm not going to do the deep dive like I did with Mitch Keller, but I just know he's been really, really bad down the stretch here. Another guy who's, you know, thrown more innings this year than he ever has. So with Hunter Brown, uh, if I gave Mitch Keller a six, Hunter Brown's got to be like a seven, at least minimum. I, I think it's safe to, you know, ditch Hunter Brown. I don't know how much he has left in the tank for this year, but I'm, ba- I'm in on him for next year. Drop him like he's hot. Um, I already did in every league I have him. Um, Hunter Brown is done. Um, the innings pitch is the key part for me. Yeah. Um, 100%. He's gone too far. And you know what? It's understandably so. You know, this is what they needed to do anyway. We all should have sort of coming. We actually should have talked about it more. I was just so bought in on the hype. I think we've we've let him go a month too long you know, on our fantasy rosters, at least. Um, it's just been a rough month and a half. So Hunter Brown flat out drop, but Dom, you did a great job. I don't need, think I need to continue on this. I'm going to wrap this up and s- round this off with this guy, your favorite player in all of baseball. Um, my boy. <laughs> Lucas Giolito. Um, Gio is horrendous. Um, Gio had a really nice start to the season and then really took a flop. And you know what? It is what it is. Everybody who, you know, hung on to him after trade deadline and didn't, you know, shoot him off to somebody else's team. Sorry to say, but you know what? He's probably going to be bad. We're probably going to see the, you know, the next year, I mean, last year type stats where high strikeouts and high ERA and high whip. It's just going to be is what it is. But here's the other thing. Lucas Giolito is somebody that I'm willing to roll out for weeks when, hey, it's Saturday, Friday, and my ERA is shot, and, you know, I'm going to get 12Ks from Lucas Giolito. Because, like, that's the thing. That's what you're going to get from Gio. It's just going to be straight up just strikeouts. But the thing is, if I have better options on the waiver wire, I'm probably going to go grab them over Gio. So it's just a matter of what you're looking for in your team. If your team is so loaded at ERA, it is what it is. You can hang on to Gio for the strikeouts. But other than that, there's no reason to just stay with him. So, Matt, what, what do we do here on the drop meter Like 1 to 10, right? Yeah. He's like I give a- him a 74. 74 on the drop meter Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this, his last outing was good. Uh, it was against Cincinnati, who's, you know, kind of been hot and cold. They've been a little bit better again of late, but they have been hot and cold overall. It's but just really where Ellie is, honestly. Yeah. If Ellie's leading off, they're going to be bad. If Ellie's, you know, batting third or fourth, it's going to be great. So yeah, don't get yeah. me started. Oh. <laughs> uh, with, with Giolito, though, out of his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starts, two good ones and um, five bad ones. The bad ones have been really bad uh, against Atlanta. He got rocked for multiple runs and uh, against the Yankees who have been horrible on the, July 18th, got rocked for multiple runs. Just hasn't been good overall in the year. As Matt mentioned, you know, if you, if you want to keep him on your team for just strikeouts, you, you can definitely do that, but the ratios are not going to be good for the most part. His next two starts come against the Phillies on Baltimore, you know, two good teams and I'm not throwing him out there against those two teams. So with that being said, you know, drop Lucas Giolito. But guys, that is all for us today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Also, thank you to our everydayers and new listeners for making Locked On Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. And guys, we'll be back on Monday talking about must-add players from the weekend. But guys, until then, see you. Peace.